Yeah, it's your boy, Malcolm Riddle, and welcome to another episode of American Riddle. And this episode, uh, I recorded on the road with none other than the Grand Master Katz, a.k.a. Andy Katz. He is the uh, the artist that does the a uh, lot of the pictures that you've seen on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter of hip-hop icons. And him and I travel around and have the opportunity to go and hang out with... Uh, like I said, some of the icons in hip-hop, classic artists, and uh, yeah, basically that's it. Mainly some of the classic artists from the quote-unquote golden era. Uh, this past week, we had a chance to hit the road and uh, go see Public Enemy, uh, which was a real treat, uh, just because uh, I didn't have any idea what to expect as uh, far as the everyone on the marquee and it was a lot of uh, classic artists from the era so that was fun and this is going to be just a podcast of us uh, on the road so keep in mind the audio uh, is going to be raw I didn't use microphones I just used the field recorder so what you're going to get is a little bit of background noise so hang in there uh, for you know and and, and just kind of bear with it because there is a little, it's not really white noise, but it's background noise from being in a car. So uh, with no further ado, the Grandmaster Cats and our road trip to Philly. Motherfuckers record. My check, my check, my check. Sitting here with the Grandmaster Cat in the house, in the building. Man in the Starship, where we're driving, right? Yeah, we are uh, road tripping to uh, Philadelphia. That's what's up. And uh, so we're sitting here, we're having a little little conversation. I, I, I thought it'd be best to hit record because what were you talking about? Well, I was just uh, kind of going down memory lane. Just yesterday, I listened to. Uh, the most recent um, American Riddle podcast, where you and uh, Miriam Tazi were talking about um, Kanye West's album and how you made the proclamation <laughs> that it was better than Thriller. So I just I thought that was a good uh, a good way to start a conversation. I mean, it's I'm not saying that it's, it's well, it is. It, 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 it is. Well, <laughs> I say a lot of things on the podcast, and in my defense, you know, there's there's no taking it back. Once you say it, it's right, out there, right. and you got to deal with it. Right. But it is as good as, yes, it is as good as Thriller. There's no no doubt about that. I'm just saying, beat for beat, song for song, hit for hit. Now, I agree with the African with attitude, Miriam Tazi. I agree with her. When it says, will it last, yeah. when she says, will it last 10, 15, 20 years from now? I don't know. Right. I don't I don't know if people will be listening to it or not. But I'm just saying, when I do listen to it, it gives me a it gives me a, uh, a similar feeling, like a good feeling. Like, I feel good when I listen to his albums. You yeah, know? I, I, I was surprised the other day because I heard something along the lines of, he just uh, broke somebody's record. It may have been Michael, it was Jackson, Michael Jackson about how he had more top top forty top forty hits, 
And I, honestly, I mean, I'm just, I must just be out of that loop completely because there's only, you know, so many songs I could even name that Kanye West has put out. So I was sort of surprised and I, maybe I realized my own <laughs> exclusion from the loop because I, I couldn't, I couldn't name 10 songs by him, much less, you know, um, songs that were, that were in the top 40, uh, so often that he's broken this record by Michael Jackson. So, um, I have some listening to do. I'm going to try to do it with an open mind, and I'm going to listen to uh, uh, the album that you have you know, thrown down the gauntlet wait, wait. on. This, this is the same man. This is the same man that went to a Kanye, bought tickets yes, to true. a Kanye West show, and what happened? Well, I, I didn't go to a Kanye West show. I went to a Tribe Called Quest opening for Kanye West, and I went, I saw a Tribe Called Quest, and I, I got back on the train and went back home. You see... Before he took the stage, you see now. Now there, there, there's lies a problem because already you've built up a certain amount of, I guess you could say, one might say, prejudice against Kanye West. This is probably true. That's that's you know that's fair, and that's why I'm going to try with an open mind to to, to uh, listen. Because, I mean, the one thing that I do remember, and I'll I'll sort of stand by this, and this is just an opinion, but in Ice T's Art of Rap uh, documentary, um. They, he asked them each to freestyle, and of course Kanye West does, and most would probably argue that he just kills it. But I am not a fan, and, I, and his freestyle actually got on my nerves after a little while. It was long, it was sort of vapid, and I think um, I consider myself not a fan, yeah. even after hearing that. And so you know, when I when I listen to something that has production value and and is a full album, and I immerse myself in it, maybe I'll feel differently. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't even remember his, which probably says a lot. I don't remember his scene in in the art of rap. I'll have to watch it again. I don't know. I it, all I'm saying, basically, and I'm not you know I'm not going to make a big deal about this again on another podcast. But all all I got. I got turned on to it. I gave it a chance. I, I know I was in an isolated, uh, I guess, an isolated area on the airplane or somewhere, and I just hit play and just listened to it hit after hit. Now, a lot of the songs, some of them I knew from the radio, but uh, a lot of them I didn't know and didn't realize how socially aware he was uh, on pretty much a, a majority of his songs. Um and they're catchy and they're fun and you know I just leave it as that I don't I can't get too deep into as I said in the last podcast about his personal life, his political views, or you know his his views on on other artists, including himself. I think it's tough, and I think you do a better, much better job than I do in separating that out. I I do get caught up in that and. Um, and it's it's tough because occasionally someone will really disappoint you. I mean, the most recent, um, I mean, KRS-One, for instance, who obviously I'm a big fan of, has you know recently come out um, against anybody who questions Africa Bambata, and that's yeah, but, and that's separate from the music. It really is. Yeah, but I think I, I think I think I think KRS-One. I think now I haven't I haven't dug deep into this myself just because I I, I got too much shit going on. But I believe, I think, that KRS-One is saying we are so fast, and I can't speak for the Blastmaster, but uh, I've, seen, I've seen one or two 
uh, interviews uh, online, YouTube, social media, where he's clarified his position on that, saying we are so fast to just accuse someone and then everyone by public opinion is the judge, the jury, and the executioner. And that person, whether it's Africa Bambata or it's Johnny Depp or whomever, is executed right there in the public's eye and their personal life and professional life go to shit uh, before charges are brought up or they've had their day in court. No, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think where KRS-One um, uh, messed up, I think, is when he sort of doubled down and said that if you're... Because I, I agree. I totally agree with what you just said. We, we should reserve judgment. We don't know what the facts are. Um, uh, maybe wait for them to come out. But I think KRS-One himself making the statement that if you're not if you're against Africa Bambata, that you should just quit hip hop. Um, that was kind of that's a rash statement, and I don't think that that's fair to people and who that's are. That's a direct quote. That's al- almost verbatim. But see, that's that's the gray area. That almost verbatim, because I don't know, I don't have the transcripts. I wasn't there, so I don't know. I haven't seen the video. I don't know what what was said. I don't know if you can quit hip hop. Hip hop is embedded in that's you. It's saying, it's right? in your DNA. It's like. I was talking to uh, Miriam the other day, and I was just talking about just how awkward it was growing up in the 80s until I found Adidas, until I found Puma, until I found hip-hop, you know what I mean? And then I, I, could, I, 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 I just released, I, I was, it was a, as if I had just a breath of fresh air, because ever since that moment, I've been the same, you know what I mean? I've embodied the same style, the same look. Some may say the same swag. So uh, I don't know if you can quit hip-hop, but I, I dig it. I got family members that are criminals, and I'm not against them. I might be against what they did or what what their, you know, what their, uh, the reasoning behind it or, 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 or the judgment that they, they executed, uh, but they still, they're still my family. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm still... I'm still down with them. I, and even some of them I may not hang out with as much depending on the crime. But uh, in their state of mind, should I say, um, they atone for whatever sin that was committed. But I wonder uh, uh, if that's what KRS means. I don't know until I hear it from him directly. Right. And I, I, I wanted to sort of wait and see what happens. You never want to believe. I never want to believe these kind of harsh uh uh, accusations, but uh, you also don't want to ignore somebody who is is uh, maybe asking for help and asking for the world to sort of say, "Hey, why are you holding this person up as as uh, uh, this pillar if they've if they've really done some some very bad things?" And so, I think KRS One is guilty of doing what you were talking about earlier, which is to almost do the opposite of of condemning someone so immediately, and rather. Uh, being almost too supportive, and and not looking at you know the victim and and or, or what some something would have been that had had been done bad, you know you have to kind of you have to look at both sides uh, when these things come out, and so um, and I I hope I hope uh, it all turns out to not be true, but if it is true, uh, what Bambada did, then uh, I I'm not gonna support him anymore and I'm going to be hugely disappointed in in his actions and um, I would hope that KRS-One would uh, also 
rethink his statements. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> my my position on that, and for those of you listening that may not follow the um, you know the culture of hip hop that close, African Bambada has been uh, ch- he has not. I don't think he's been charged. Uh, you know, as far as police charges or anything, I'm not sure. Let me just say that, but uh, he's had he's uh, uh, allegations have been brought forth that he uh, abused children growing up, sexually abused, right? I believe so, yeah. And um, and those things came out, and it's just you know this day and age where it's a 24-hour news cycle, social media, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Snapchat is in real time. Um, there are no there are no secrets, you know. They're, they're, everything just comes out, so we're constantly being flooded with information. Some of it's misinformation. Uh, that's why a lot of times I just keep keep the pages turning. Uh, and and you know, it's if if this comes to light and if any of this is true, then yeah, I, you know, I mean, I really don't. I don't know what the word what that means by support Africa Bambada. Yes, I recognize him. He was the one that initially sparked that fire for me when I heard Planet Rock as a child, right? I've said that time and time again on the podcast. If he's if, if it comes out that it's true, that's not gonna change for me. It can't change. It can't change that he was is an instrumental part of hip hop. Like that can't change. You can't erase that. You can't cover that up. His name cannot be taken taken from the 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 the, the wall of hip hop. Now, yes, it can carry some shame, no doubt, right? And I think I think if you were to press KRS One, and I also can't speak for him, but I was confused by his statements. But I have a feeling that that's what he's getting at. He's like, you can't remove somebody from history. You can't remove the deeds they did, both good and bad. And there's obviously uh, uh, a foundation that he laid down that we've uh, many of us have sort of used as a as a primer for um, for music that came after so yeah you can't you can't just take him out of the the history books when it comes to hip-hop but I think uh, maybe and maybe that's what Karras is, is saying more than anything is that you can't say he didn't do what he did and I don't think anybody is trying to do that uh, I think that we're all worried that he may have done something highly illegal and and, uh, and 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 hurt some people and that would be bad and when I talk about support I mean you know support uh, by buying their music and by uh, promoting that music um, and so you know it's it's definitely cause for concern but uh, I hope uh, everybody who's made a public statement realizes that these are really serious implications I agree. I agree. So, all right. So let's keep it moving. Let's keep this show moving. Yeah, yeah. So, what do we got coming up? You got a, uh, you got uh, MCA Day coming up on what day? It's um, it's going to be August twentieth. It's uh, from twelve to five. It's at Littlefield in Brooklyn, uh, New York. Talk and to it's, me about that. Um, well, this is uh, this is I guess the fourth. Um, uh, time we've had an actual event and it, there was a, a kind of a catalyst for all of that when uh, Adam Yak passed away in 2012 Mike Kearney from Boston uh, uh, drove down to Union Square 
in New York and had sort of an impromptu uh, um, celebration of his life through music just by playing a boombox on the corner. And a crowd developed and Ad Rock heard about it and, and swung down for a little while. Lots of hugs were given and there was a lot of tears. And um, what kind of came from that was uh, a more formalized version of MCA Day, which used to take place in May, which uh, was on the anniversary of his death. And we've since moved it to uh, August, which is more in keeping with his birthday. And um, it's basically a celebration of, of his life, his contributions to music his uh, ideas um, he was a you know artistic and not just musically but you know in, in film uh, he had a lot to offer and I think everybody was so everybody who knew him or or followed his career and was a fan of him was was really sort of felt cheated that you know he has had really just begun and really was just getting started on some meaningful work uh, we all like uh, licensed ill and and, and uh, I love that album, but um, that he did such more poignant things later in his career. So when you scratch the surface a little bit and you look at his life and you look at his contributions, he did some really significant things with music and with his uh, his his bandmates. And uh, we just try to celebrate that each year. And so on uh, on Saturday, on the twentieth. Uh, we'll be getting together. We'll be playing music. We're gonna, I think there's going to. This is for the first time. I think there's going to be some cover bands. Usually, we we sort of um, haven't gone in that direction, but we've invited a few cover bands. Uh, there's also going to be uh, a band called Unlearn there that played uh, Rage Against the Machine songs last year. They were good. Uh, they were very good, and I think they're going to mix it up a little bit this year. Uh, maybe even playing some of their own songs. And then um, it's uh, there's an art show attached to it. There's uh, stuff for kids to do. Um, we want to make sure that it's family friendly. It's free, completely free, which uh, we're really proud to say every year. Just show up. I mean, it's Brooklyn. open open to the public. Brooklyn. Yeah. So, um, you know, do your own road trip and, and meet us up there because it's it's uh, it really is um, a very uh, it's a bittersweet event. I mean, this year we're also, I'm sure, in, in many ways going to celebrate uh, Fife as well. Fife uh, who passed away. Uh, this year, um, way too young also, and, uh, you know, connected to the Beastie Boys in, in his own way. Uh, there's a there's an overlap there, not just in hip-hop, but in their, you know, in their careers. Um, uh, if you see the Tribe Called Quest documentary that Michael Rappaport put together, uh, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, they, um, the Beastie Boys are in that, talking about Tribe Called Quest. So, these guys were in and out of each other's lives in, in uh, a lot of ways. And, you know, Q-Tip was on the, on the Beastie Boys records. And, uh, and uh, it's just, you know, it's sad when you, when you realize that these guys were not around very long. And, uh, and yet they still managed to have a huge impact on our musical lives and, and our soundtracks and what we listen to uh, even now. So um, it, it, it's, it's going to be bittersweet because we do... There is a celebratory element to it where we have, um, you know, surprise guests show up. Last year, DMC was there, and uh, he, you know, he performed, which was unbelievable. It was, uh, I think I've talked about this a lot, uh, where, you know, I think people understand when they get there that we are celebrating, and we're, you know, we're sad that the reasons that we're together are because somebody's not here anymore, but it's the best kind of... Uh, of way of grieving, I think, is when you, when you um, 
you celebrate the person's contributions, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, the uh, it's amazing though when you do think about that. Uh, it's hard to imagine MCA or even there's not going to be another Beastie Boys album because they were always there. Same thing with Run DMC. You know, you have these iconic figures, uh, you know, polarizing figures in music and hip hop and, and, and beyond in a lot of ways. I mean, just recently, spoiler alert, I don't know if anyone saw the new Star Trek movie, but the Beastie Boys is heavily featured in that film. Have you seen it? I have not, but I, I mean, because I'm connected to a lot of other Beastie Boys fans, uh, you know, word gets out pretty quick that when there's a they when there's the a battle. song being used, they won the battle. It was there was a fight scene in deep space, right? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you? Sure. Do you care? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a fight scene in deep space, right? A war going on, and the only way to ward off the villains was to play. Uh, a uh, 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 you had to hit a certain note, and within that note, they well, I can't remember what song it was they played. It was a Beastie Boys song. I'm having podcast itis right now, but literally, uh, what's the guy's name? The engineer, Scotty, Scotty, right? That's his name, right? No, no, the engineer, the Scotty plays the music, plays the Beastie Boys song, and it it defeats the enemies. That was was used in the movie. As it should. I mean, that's that's amazing. It kind of makes me think of intergalactic. I, I think that's I think that's what what it was. Oh, I, okay. I think. I, know, it was, it I think be, it was yeah. sabotage. I don't know what song it was. I know I'm going to get corrected well, on this. Watch that movie, but um, you know, is that because who was it? A J.J. Abrams movie? J.J. Uh, Abrams production, actually. J.J. Okay. Abrams has since moved on to the Star Wars universe yes, and but- left it to uh, is it the guy Lee who did the Fast and Furious uh, franchise? So I think he took he took it over. I believe. Again, I could be wrong. Uh, I have something called podcast-itis, and when, when the heat is on in the moment, sometimes I forget the, uh, the facts. So i, I got to chalk that up to podcast-itis. Well, one of the things about, it seems to me that J.J. Abrams must be a, a pretty big Beastie Boys fan, because yeah. in the new, uh, in the Force Awakens uh, Star Wars uh, installment, uh, and you might know this already, and, and Beastie Boys fans, a lot of them know this, one of the very small, like, secondary characters... Uh, um, named Elo Asti is uh, is a nod to uh, the Beastie Boys album Hello Nasty, yeah. and that's that's been confirmed. Uh, you can you can uh, buy a figurine, and I think that in whatever language uh, is on the helmet, it says uh, something uh, Beastie Boys esque as well. I've, I've, I'm forgetting myself right now, but um, the, you know the fact that he's it seems to me making an effort to incorporate Beastie Boys into his films, even on some small coded level, is, uh, I love that. I, that's, I like to think that if I was a, a movie director or a, or a writer, I would, uh, I would find ways to weave my favorite things into stories as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's dope. And uh, it's definitely a nice homage uh, to the art, the culture, and the artist um, that, you're, that you're fond of. I mean, no doubt. Um, which brings us to, um, you know, what what we're out and some of the stuff that we do together, some of the stuff that you're, you, you've invited me to do time and time again, for those of you listening to the show, uh, 
and he's been on the podcast a few times talking about his art and um, his passion for hip hip hop, the culture, the artists, the music, the whole nine. And uh, you know, it's amazing the fact that you can. To me, it's amazing that that you just drop what you're doing to see these iconic figures, these quote-unquote heroes, musical heroes within your life, um, you take that opportunity to actually go out, you know, meet them, or just go to the show, just by chance things work out where you get an opportunity to, to meet them and show some of the art that you've created. Sometimes it works, I'd say 98% of the time it, it, it pulls through, the, the plan come goes off without a hitch uh, but just taking that chance and I, 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 mean, I know we've talked about this where a lot of times you could just sit at home right and just watch it on television or download the video and you never get to meet these guys um, guys and girls and you know god forbid someone passes away an icon it doesn't have to just be in hip-hop it could be in, in any form, your favorite football player, or baseball, or Olympian, you know, whatever. But if you know they're going to be in town, you know, a lot of times they're pretty pretty reachable, wouldn't you say? Oh, most definitely. And it's, you know, this this summer um, uh, has been, a, for me, a concerted effort to, uh, to really, really, I guess, I don't know, take advantage of every opportunity as I as, as many as I possibly could so when the uh, summer was approaching I was really trying to make sure I, I, I had a nice balance between making the art and knowing which shows were coming up and um, uh, it was no accident you know I, I, I went to the uh, Art of Rap tour up in Coney Island and I had you know pieces of iced tea and I had a piece of, um, of public enemy of, of Chuck D and I, and I had a piece of EPMD, and it, it's like a, a bit of a homework assignment for me. I knew the show was coming up, and I've talked about that before, too. I, I make sure that I have what's necessary. But back to your point of, you know, taking advantage of, of the opportunities, uh, you never know when, when a group will just say, you know, we're not, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to retire. Um, you know, uh, they unfortunately, some of them have passed away. That's, that's even worse, obviously. But... Um, I don't ever want to take for granted that we can hop in the car and go see uh, some of these some of these legends, and they are legends in in hip hop and in music to me and to a lot of other people. So I just go about trying to celebrate hip hop culture by doing what I can do because I I've joked around before. I I don't rap and I don't dance, but I can draw. So I that's how I try to to pay my tribute to them. And so I use that as my ticket. I get I get in, and if I uh, if I can meet them, that's great. If I just see a great show, that's also amazing. But this summer has been um, punctuated by a lot of different um, different shows. And uh, the one that I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to the one we're going to see today. Uh, Public Enemy, Stetsasonic, Chub Rock, uh, Moni Love, uh, all up in Philadelphia, and. Uh, and uh, that should be great. And this one wasn't even on my list. And uh, I said, you know, we should just go. And uh, it's not that far. Let's hop in the car and get up there. So we're on our way, and it, it should be great. Uh, next weekend, MCA Day, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of things, uh, kind of irons in the fire as far as that is going. 
And, you know, I hope that goes off without a hitch. I don't even know what to expect or who to expect to be there, but that should be great. And then um, the summer sort of ends the following week for me um, with the uh, Prophets of Rage show in, uh, in New Jersey. And uh, they're going to be on tour, um, you know, the rest of the summer and into the fall. And um, I'm really excited about that because, you know, you know going back to your it's point, a it's a super group. But also, I missed my chance to see Rage Against the Machine. We had tickets in hand for uh, the Beastie Boys' Rage Against the Machine. I think it was 2006, maybe? And we were all ready to go. And I think Mike D broke his his uh, shoulder or, or clavicle or something along those lines. And um, either skateboarding or riding a bike. And they pulled out. And then that show... That, whole show didn't happen and then not long after that rage stopped touring so um you know you'd never really know when the last time you're going to see a band is going to be so i'm really excited about seeing tom morello and and chuck d and be real um do their thing with uh prophets of rage because that should be uh incredible uh but you know each one offers up a great new chance to see uh uh, music that matters and I think that's what I love about the whole Prophets of Rage idea they got together because they're just putting their ideas where their mouth is they're saying look we don't like the political climate um, we don't and I don't want to get political on here but they um, they instead of just complaining about it are like this is why we make music and we're going to make music that makes uh, some noise and, and gets in people's heads and hopefully can uh, inform people that they need to be really careful with their with their own ideas and with their votes because uh, uh, you know it's it's hard to just kind of um, do what people expect you to do all the time it's much it's much better if you're if you think and you and you consider um, all of the options and, and uh, I just love that they're they're uh, they're they're being activists they're not just being artists yeah and you work with uh, uh, Chuck D from public enemy on some capacity uh, right, I do. I I've been working on their website for a couple of years, and uh, most recently I've sort of shifted um, where they're they're helping me uh, showcase some of my artwork, and uh, I was able to design one of their T-shirts. Uh, um, so yeah, I, I I you know sort of in a in a, a level on a sort of small level, I'm affiliated with them. Where where, where can they find those those items? Um, my artwork and the T-shirt are are featured right now on rap central station uh which is their uh i mean you can get to that through the public enemy website or just go right to rapcentralstation.com and then you can look through all kinds of different merchandise but i'm really proud of the fact that some of my artwork is being represented there uh, i have a piece that i did of fife uh, after he passed away that's that's uh there and some of the proceeds from that are going to go to uh the um american diabetes association and um you know I, i'm trying to sort of uh put my ideas where my mouth is as well and 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 not just make art but try to make art that uh stands for something and and uh and holds up things that i care about yeah yeah have you uh have you had any conversations about uh, you know with chuck d about prophets of rage and his thoughts and how he's feeling about being on tour and and just just being gets re-energized i know he's never quit though like yeah. they've been touring for a long time i thought they disappeared and they've just been consistently making music and going on tour all over the world 
But do you ever get to get a chance to engage with him in, in conversations about what's going on? No, I, I haven't had that opportunity. Um, not so much about the, certainly the current political climate. Um, I do know that, uh, like you said, they never really stopped. And, and Chuck keeps a, uh, a count of all of the tours they've ever uh, done. And, and it's, it's over 100. Um, and it's over 100 tours and over 100 countries. And so I think I'm sort of guilty of this, too. I sort of limit, you know, uh, how I see public enemy through the United States lens. And the fact of the matter is... Um, <laughs> you just saw a DeLorean drive by. Yeah. yeah, that's a little back to this future moment there. Like um, both of us, we just kind of pointed at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but I think, um, you know, I'm guilty of, uh, of looking at public enemy through the United States lens. And if, I think if you do talk to Chuck about that, and I've heard him say this in interviews and, and, uh, and elsewhere where he's like, you know, um, the United States is good to us, but not as good as some other countries. I mean, he considers himself in his words, an earthizen, someone who's a, who's a citizen of the earth, not just one country. And he, they, PE is so well received in other places that they, um, they don't really need to worry too much about, um, just the United States. I think uh, um, they they are they are citizens of the world, and I think they really appreciate their their ability to travel and and meet people all over the planet. And it, I think it gives them a perspective that not a lot of people have. And so, I, while I haven't had individual conversations with him about that, I've kind of gleaned that uh, perspective from listening to him in other interviews and and watching him. Uh, travel as much as he does it's amazing how just in hip-hop alone you know we we have to dig a little deep to find where the artists are playing if they're coming to our town or neighboring cities Uh, but if you look anywhere online they're constantly in the uk constantly performing so they get a lot of love uh you know from uh from abroad, that's for sure. I'm still kind of blown away by the DeLorean that yeah. we saw. The um, it makes me think about on another subject. Do you remember John DeLorean when he had that company, huh? And he was making the cars, and why the, that car company went down? Do you remember that? It was like a it was like a drug bust. I think uh, I think it was. I just picture like a black and white grainy film of him, and like there was like a briefcase. Like a drug, he had cocaine. Uh, yeah, cocaine yeah, he got. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's, it's it's weird because when you think about it. That would probably be celebrated today. If you think about the climate that we're in, you, you see politicians, you see uh, you see what's going on um, with celebrities from, okay, take Vanessa Williams when she was like just banished because she did a nude photo shoot. I think it was for Playboy or Penthouse, some, whatever. She had nude shots, topless. Right. And that was just taboo back in the days. And she lost her Miss Universe crown. You remember that? Oh, sure. And, and now you can make a full-blown-out sex tape and anything goes. Sky's the limit. You've got TV shows. You have uh, perfume. You have all sorts of deals. I mean, they're, they're, they're deal makers, no longer deal breakers. But it's amazing just us driving down the street and you see a DeLorean and it just brings back a flood of memories. And it wasn't that long ago. I mean, you can Google John DeLorean and his, his history, but and it, it was a blink of an eye. But at my have the times changed even so much when we talk about the aforementioned public enemy and chuck d the uh 
once upon a time, they were not well received by the public. NWA was not received by the public. You know what I mean? Uh, they were on the, uh, you know, they they were pretty much cast aside, and 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 uh, people didn't did not want to accept them. But you fast forward now, you have you know guys like Snoop going on tour, and he's basically showing up at parties and DJing and getting mountains of cash. Oh, and that, and and you know him and be real i mean they they are totally uh up front with their their love of 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 smoking pot i mean they it's part of their their personality it's part of their their persona and they are proud of it and so you know to your point about john delorean i mean it was uh, it was a huge scandal and it brought down a, a company that was i think struggling to begin with but i yeah i think times have definitely changed i mean i think of uh you know i'm a baseball fan and you can you can sort of draw a line there too there's people that didn't make it in the hall of fame because they had scandal in their career p gross um steve garvey uh, had like an extramarital affair and i believe that's what's kept him out of the hall of fame and wade boggs was was really what? like got in a lot of trouble for having an extramarital affair in ways that nowadays would seem kind of cute, you know. And uh, now Wade Boggs did make it into the Hall of Fame, as he should have. Um, but there are people who uh, did things by, if you were using a metric now, that the, the, the scandal doesn't seem very large at all. Um, and now, you know, to bring up to bring it back full circle to like someone like Kanye West, where you know some people they perpetuate scandal to make sure their name stays in the uh um in the in the press I and mean, i think about his his wife and his i i know very little about the kardashian family because i've managed to sort of turn away but i i find that whole phenomenon of of putting your your all your dirt out there for the world to see just so you remain famous i find that really awful and abhorrent and i I don't know. People are famous now for being infamous, and I and and yeah. But I can I can understand it because okay, if you take some of the stuff that I say on on this podcast, right? I mean, I, I lay it all out there. I don't I don't you know my, I'm an open book yeah. to some greater or lesser degree. Would I if if let's say if uh, Adidas decided to sponsor me and threw millions at me right it's probably gonna happen too it's probably right around the corner yeah i wish (laughs) but let's let's just say if 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 the 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 planet and the moon and the stars all lined up for malcolm riddle and all of a sudden i'm endorsed and there's a there's a reality show there's a podcast there's all this stuff going on in my dreams um would i turn it i wouldn't turn that down and i would still continue to be the same person that I am and, and just as vocal as I am on the podcast and, and that in it in its own way is airing out your dirty laundry I guess uh, I mean I, I I think that's a little bit of a false equivalency because you're you're not doing things that are deliberately uh, provocative you're not um, you're, there, I'm, I'm guessing there's not like some sex tape out there with you on it that's well, gonna emerge yeah there's <laughs> let me just tell you right. there are I mean, we're gonna. Where's Miriam Tazi when I? When there's I'm no here? sex. To, no, 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 no. Let me just say, there's no sex with with her and I. No, no. no okay. I wasn't suggesting Let me just that clarify that. I was definitely not <laughs> suggesting that. No, I think she just she just uh, 
gives you a harder time than I do. Oh yeah, she she excels in that, uh, no doubt. Uh, but the um, yeah, there's stuff like that. You know, who hasn't? Ex- well, I I've experimented with a whole lot of stuff. What and- I'm saying is, there's a difference between you experimenting and you know you've gone through a whole lot of things way before podcasting and way before. Um, everything was on I'm not camera. Just put it out there. But yeah, like I think the Kardashian family, from what I can tell, they do put things out there on purpose to get uh, notoriety and to keep their name. Well, I mean, I think the reason is because they have access. You know what I mean? Who knows what I would do if I knew that I had a clear channel? I don't know what I would do. I really I, do. I, I like to think that you would wield that a lot more responsibly <laughs> than they have, and it would be it would be much more substantive, and it would be less. Uh, just uh, cheap, cheap um, clickbait stuff that they. One, one would hope. Would one hope. would hope. Yes, but uh, yeah, no, you're right. There's um, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot to think think about. No doubt, as we continue our trek to Philadelphia to see Public Enemy, whom I have not seen since yeah. I'd say '87 or '88. It was somewhere around that that time period. Which Stetsasonic? I didn't know Stetsasonic was on the marquee today. Um, or Chub Rock for that matter. Right. Uh, never seen Chub, but uh, both of those guys I saw open up uh, for the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, and uh, hasn't. Uh, it's been been some time. So it's, you're talking when you're talking full circle there. That's 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 pretty big. Uh, you know, coming off the last Rock Him show, which I've talked about extensively. Yes. On the podcast, this is the only podcast that has been blessed by uh, that's right. Rock Him Allah. That's right, the only, the, the or the first. I don't know. I, there, there could be some out there, but I'm all I know is I, I think that I, uh, I can plant that flag. I can, uh, I can, I can say that with confidence. Yeah, that right, mi- that Mike is a, a thing of beauty that that he uh, tagged. That was crazy, huh? When we were there, it, it's a, it was crazy. It was great. Uh, he was. Gracious as always, and uh, was was uh, welcoming to us uh, coming in and talking with him briefly about um, about music and about art. And uh, yeah, I would look forward to the next time already. Yeah, I gotta I gotta take this recorder with me when I mean I had it with me, but I never think to whip it out. I gotta get like a, a utility belt yeah. where it's like there on the side. Yeah, I'm still amazed that you're allowed to walk in with that thing, but because it looks like a goddamn it looks like a taser. Yeah. yeah. Does. It's insane, but yeah, um, just you know, let me. I can say this, you know, if it wasn't for meeting you, it would. It, it, I don't think I would be as complete as I've been over the past couple years. I was thinking about that, and it's it was a uh, it's an easy thought to process for me just because of my love for hip hop and. Yeah, I just I I, I got to thank you because I I do not feel as happy as I am when we go and do these do these shows and uh, uh, or go to these shows and I never have any expectation. I just I'm just going as a fan to sit back and watch. You know what I mean? Anything else? I have no expectations for any of them, but to actually just get out the house and go has been it's like a dream. A dream come true, you know, just to be able to do that as an adult, as you know, when I was a kid or whatever, it was, you know, it's what you do, you know what I mean? You're out and you're about, but then you get set in your ways, you, you quote unquote do adult things, which is bullshit, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, 
time lapses. But to, to actually turn back, the ability to turn back time and to um, recapture not only your youth, but your dreams. Um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a journey. And, and, you know, I got, I got a little choked up yesterday when I was thinking about it. I was, I was driving and I was like, oh, I haven't, I haven't seen Public Enemy. I mean, Chuck D, that whole era, I mean, there was a balance for me, um, where I would tip one way into more gangster music and then Chuck and Boogie Down Productions would, would make me think another way, you know? Well, I mean, first of all, that what you just said is amazing. It's a it's a it's a huge huge compliment, and I don't take that lightly. I think it's really um, it's not often where you 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 uh, you get a chance to um, uh, feel appreciated like that. So I thank you for that. But also, um, you know, one of the reasons that I'm that we're going on this trip is that I I know your affinity for Public Enemy, and I. I, I've seen them before and you've seen them before, but we haven't seen them together. And I think that, uh, it's sort of been a long time coming now. And, uh, it was, it was sort of the only, uh, it was the only impetus that I needed to say, all right, let's do this. Cause I, I figured, you know, it, it, it's our chance and it's summertime and, um, it's hot, but, uh, and, and it is going to be an outdoor event. But I, I think that it's important that you do make time. And it's so easy, like you said, to just not do it and to say no and come up with other, other things that are less important or maybe as important but much more on the responsibility spectrum. This is uh, you know, almost irresponsible, right, to just go and, and have a good time for the sake of having a good time. And that's, that's great. And it, is, it does kind of keep, keep us rooted in what we did when we were younger we didn't know each other when we were younger but that's those are the times what you remember is like when you threw caution to the wind and did a road trip with your friends or you just did something one day that you didn't think you were going to do when you woke up that day and that that's part of what keeps me doing this i mean i love the music and i i love um i love going to see hip-hop shows but i could wait until it comes to dc or i could wait around and you know say oh it's a little too far to drive but there's something really, um, you know, adventurous about going to uh, another city, another town, and, and, and sort of figuring out the ins and outs and, you know, what we're going to do when we're there. And so I'm, I'm all in. I'm, I'm totally excited about going up here and, and seeing what happens. And if we just see the show, that'll be great. And if we get to meet them. I mean, one of, I, mean I have to admit, that I, I would love to get you an opportunity to meet Chuck D. I, I mean, that's that's part of what I'm hoping is going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm certainly hoping that it happens. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, I go into these things with, with very, very little expectations outside of seeing the show. And that's all it is for me. I think you hit it, hit it right on the, the nail on the head by saying, you know, you just throw caution. I guess you say throw caution into the wind. Is that the saying? Yep, yep. <laughs> I was messed that one up. Uh, and you just take a chance. You just go. You, you do you follow your heart. You follow your dreams. You follow your passion. Just because you, you know, just because you hit a certain spot in your life or a certain age or whatever doesn't mean you have to stop. Look at this guy. He's on That's a damn unicycle. <laughs> yeah, he is. Two, two people two on little. unicycles on the side of the highway <laughs> riding them, man. hundred damn degrees. You know what I mean? <laughs> I tell you, you won't see any brothers doing that. <laughs> I, that's one thing you won't see. And then you have okay, so just to do 
uh, have the ability to do that. I mean, it's it's uh, you you can't stop yourself, and I think that's what we talk about a lot on the show, and that's what we're doing today. We're gonna we're gonna go out. We're gonna see Public Enemy, Stetsasonic, Chub Rock, uh, Moni Love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, we will. Uh, I think we're gonna. It's a good way to, to to pause for now, and then we'll check back with you uh, a little later, right? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Like we'll like kind of uh, um, check back in when uh, when we've seen some of this and how it, how it's going to unfold later in the day. That's right. So we'll check back with you. Lady B's basement party. Got you. I guess she's a Philadelphia radio institution it sounds like she said they kept saying that she had been doing this for 35 years so uh yeah and i guess it was credited as giving uh, a lot of these these acts their first start you know or at least playing it on the radio well they talked about that too i mean think think about the uh think about all the obstacles 35 well yeah 35 years ago um trying to be a you know, hip hop slash rap act. You know, and they even touched on it. Said how you know unsuccessful they were in the beginning, where they were just turned away, or the programmers told them to turn it off. You couldn't even play Public Enemy. You know, right? And then you know the idea that she was, she was like, you know, that a lot of their first times. You know, like this is the first time you're hearing this anywhere, and you can trace a lot of their uh, careers back to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, but the show itself, I mean, the show was off the hook. We sound a little tired because, fuck, I mean, it was hot as shit out tonight or, or this evening. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, felt felt like an oven. And, uh, you know, we got to we got to explore a little bit of Philadelphia, went to the Rocky Stairs. It's worth a mention. It's uh, worth a mention. You know, we had a little bit of time to kill before the show and realized we were near the art museum and what's known as the rocky steps and uh i wasn't sure but i had i thought i heard that they they put the uh rocky sculpture back at the art museum it was there for the movie there was and, a line of people and there was a line of people doing what you know i guess what tourists do and they got their picture taken with i don't think anybody was doing it with as much flair as we were because we knew all of the quotes from the from the scene <laughs> we, were, we were quoting rocky three the whole time yeah. Even in the even in the concert, we were still <laughs> fixated on Rocky Three. Right. Yeah, clever line. He definitely that was definitely Mr. T's. Uh, the, I'd, I'd say the pinnacle of his uh, career, and uh, you know he was he, he brought it. That was a great performance as Clubber Lang. There's nothing better than Clubber Lang. I mean, I remember when Mike Mike Tyson came when Mike Tyson came out. I remember it was it was just that whole comparison. We were like. like it's Clubber Lang. It's like, you know, I mean, what was better than Mr. T, period, uh, at that time period? I mean, I didn't really want him to lose. Right. I mean, he was such a badass. And, yeah, he was – he had every reason to win. And he had every reason to be – to want his title shot. And uh, he went and got it. And uh, and uh, he won. I mean, it was amazing. He, he won and he was the uh, – I guess he was cast as sort of this villain, but he really if anyone, was an interesting character. Yeah, and if anyone, if okay, we're obviously Rocky fans. If anyone was going to beat Rocky, and I was good with it, 
it was Clubber Lang. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? And Rocky it, deserved to lose. I mean, he wasn't training. He, he, wasn't training. he got he, soft. He had feathered hair. He didn't have the. He eye wore the tailored tiger. suits. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, he was on the Muppet Show. Yeah, he's running around. <laughs> right. He's dancing this symphonic music. He that's, was like had a. That's right. Yeah, he had like a band playing. There were bubbles like kind of floating around him at one yeah, point. Yeah. He had to get his ass handed to him. That's right. It would, have, it would have been... If he didn't lose, it would have been a farce. Yeah. You know? It would have been a farce. It would have been. Yeah, so Clubber Lang, I mean, I I, I, would, I, I was good with, with that. I saw that movie a dozen plus times in the theater. And it's still, whenever it's playing, I have to stop and watch it. So we got a chance to, you know, go up the stairs in the heat and then come back and we uh, took a took a couple pictures and then went to the uh, show and let me tell you the show was I mean I, again I went into it with no expectation I didn't even know who was who was on the marquee I mean I knew Public Enemy I think uh, you told me a couple other people there but Stetisonic, yeah. yeah but I mean I didn't know that till today that Stetisonic was going right, to be there right it just kept piling on and then uh, Dana Dane right Dana Dane Special Ed Chub Rock Moni Love uh, it was Greg Nice showed up. I mean, it was in, in, in every performance. I mean, it was it was off the hook. The uh, and like I said before, it sounded like, it looked like they were just having a great time. You know what I mean? Just to, I agree. Yeah, they did. It looked like they were having fun. Um, their energy was really high. I think they they could feel that the uh, crowd was. Uh, wanting to get into it, but it, you know, if you moved, you started sweating. So people were pretty relaxed. But at the end, you know, by the by the end, everybody was up out of their seat, and it didn't matter. We all we were all sweaty. We all smelled bad. <laughs> it was just a, a good time at the end. Was there any um, any standout performances? I really liked them. Um, oh, that and we didn't even mention this, but three times dope. Uh, Three XD. Yeah, I really enjoyed their performance a lot. I think their MC is great, and um, they uh, they sounded really tight. They sounded really good together, um, and they they were you know I, it was obvious they were at home. You know, it was like their their crowd and the being from to the Philly. Hills, hillside hustlers. Yeah, they they uh, they were uh, fan favorites for sure. Yeah, no, that, that that whole Philly scene. I mean, Tap Money was there cutting it up. Um, I mean. Uh, Schoolie D made an appearance. He did. A little cameo at the end there. That's right. He did come out. Yeah, I was, I was, I was, bes- I was beside myself the whole show, just for the fact that I have not seen Public Enemy since I was a teenager live. You know, I've seen him on television, seen him in movies and stuff like that. Um, but uh, a live performance and the amount of energy that they displayed was amazing. To me, it was. I mean, I was, I was uh, mesmerized to say the least. Well, one thing I liked a lot also, the, I wasn't sure how it was going to work because they uh, they call themselves the alumni, and the alumni is Moni Love and Chub Rock and Dana Dane. Dana Dane and Special Ed. And what I liked is that they, they did sort of a medley at the beginning, and they you know were joking around on stage and having a good time, and then they each took their turn with their hit. You know, they each... I kind of recognized that they had like one standout hit for each one of them, and I think that that's why it worked so well. Is they kind of sung along and they they uh, they they gave each other their space to perform, but they were all celebrating each other's uh, music, which was great. Yeah, yeah, that that was awesome. I mean, but see, that's the, that's that that's that unity that I think a lot of people 
miss in hip-hop where some of the acts, not all, but some of the acts today seem to be so ego-driven where um, it's a standalone act and no one shares the stage with them. Everybody's, everybody's a mogul. Everybody's a superstar. You know what I mean? Everybody's, you know, the number one hustler. You know what I mean? Well, I think that's why I, it makes a lot of sense the way they did it to, to band together. Um, I don't think anybody, it's not like their set would be very long if it was just one of them, but because they were working together, it, it really worked out well. And I, it was it was the performance that was right before Public Enemy. So I think it got everybody kind of, uh, I had a, I know I had a lot of anticipation. I was like, oh, the only, the only group left is Public Enemy. Because I, you know, I, for me, that's that's the big payoff at the end. Everybody else was great, but then seeing Public Enemy, even just the sound quality was seemed to be better, and then like the lighting becomes better, and the and the, um, there's a backdrop, and there there's more people on stage, and it's just it's just there's more it's more bombastic. It's and it's just uh, everybody was there for that at the end. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's it's quite the buildup no doubt it's a uh, it's a progression but they i think everyone just brought their their a game uh and and definitely got the crowd hype i mean it was just a sea of people uh i mean I, I, i'm pretty sure at one point all the seats were filled i mean it was uh there was a lot of people there yeah and it was very organized the way you know it's it's the, that arena was laid out but yeah people um it, I, it was packed was packed. You should probably mention the surprise that uh, you know, as we were sitting there, uh, we had to get up. Somebody uh, um, asked us to move so that a, a few, a family of people, could kind of uh, get to the middle of the row. You want to take that story? Yeah, I mean, it was again. It was hot. It was muggy. There was no air circulation. So I was happy to stand up with somebody who's like, hey, you guys might right. moving on. You know, yeah, it's good. I yeah. get some, you know, at least I can get up for a second, stretch my legs. But, you know, I look up and I see this guy, right, and he's, he's he has a cane. And I could see that he had, had problems seeing. And, um, you know, I, I didn't pay it any mind. And he kept, I just kept, he kept catching my eye. So I, I remember you got up. I think you went to the restroom. Yeah, and then I, I kept seeing him out the side of my eye and I was like we were just talking about him in the car yeah, we were. and we talked about Dr. Dre I don't know exactly what we were talking about but but Dr. Dre is in uh, Yo! MTV Raps with Ed Lover, former DJ for the Beastie Boys um, I, we, I don't know exactly what we were talking about when we were driving up but uh, it just struck me and I was like that's, that's Dr. Dre and uh, it was I mean uh our other buddy Michael uh, confirmed it a hundred percent. You yeah. know, we had to we had to go through the uh, confirmation, and uh, yeah, so we we actually got to talk to him for a second, take take a couple take a couple pictures. Uh, but uh, his health has been on the decline for quite some time, I think, because of diabetes. But uh, I did get a moment with him where I told him. I told him straight up. I was like, "Look, you know, I introduced myself, Malcolm Riddle from Flint, Michigan, and I said, well, you know, what, what what you did, you know, in the '80s on, on Yo MTV Raps, not only inspired us, but it gave us hope, and uh, you know, kept me out of a lot of uh, a lot of trouble uh, at that time period because you know, I've 
I don't talk about it much on a podcast, but in that, that time period, I was being pulled in so many directions, kind of like I am now, but it's not, not it's, it's a different type of trouble. Um, but in my teens, I was getting pulled in so many different directions, tempted in, with so many different things. And uh, I just remember being glued every time Yo! MTV Raps came on. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like a lot of, it wasn't a lot of people in hip hop, um, in hip hop culture or black people on television at all. So I just wanted to tell him that he, he, he seemed very appreciative to it. I mean, I was, I was sort of, I was surprised at how okay he was with us approaching him given his health. Um, it seemed that he had trouble even sort of standing up, but, um, and walking, but his family were they were so supportive and delightful about us coming up and and uh, and saying hi and you know I even we in, I introduced myself to his uh, wife um, and she said oh you know um, I said I said is it okay if we get our picture you know I don't want to bother him and she's like oh no he's totally fine with it so you know he was great and uh, I I felt really good about the exchange and. Uh, we met his son, uh, who I think is in all of our pictures also. So uh, it seems like he had a really nice family, and they were all glad to be there. He was, he is, you know, a big part of the culture. I mean, when you, when you it just date, I mean, it's, it goes back to you think people are going to be here and be in good health all the time. You know what I mean? You take for granted but you know life itself but life is extremely fragile and you know people are getting older and and you know things do happen and, and our, our our health starts to erode so you just can't you cannot take it for granted i mean i've talked about it on the show about my own uh health related issues and have joked about it but i mean it's something you should you should take serious and, and you know when you when you when I see someone like Dr. Dre out there and seeing him in public, the fact that he's still out here fighting, I think that's very inspiring, you know what I mean, to come to a show. You know, you're challenged, you've lost your... I don't know how, how if he's completely blind or not, but um, to be impaired, but yet you're still out in the public, coming out in the show. Hear, hear music. And, yes. I mean, he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't in any special seating. He was in with the crowd, you know, just checking out the show. I think he was there for that and because he loves music. So, um, yeah, I, I hope, it, I mean, I wished him good health. I, I, I don't, it doesn't, um, he didn't look healthy. I, I hope uh, he can improve his health. Uh, but it was definitely good to see him. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the energy of the crowd was amazing also. The crowd was, uh, was fired up. Uh, they were, I mean, I mean, it, it was, it was our crowd, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and it, we, you know, you joked around when we first got there and I think you were right on the money. Um, it was a really specific aged crowd. It was, you know, it was probably 40, 40 year olds to 50, I don't know, 55. 55. Yeah. So it wasn't anybody young. There was, uh, there was no young people there really to speak. Servers. I mean, you know, you know, I don't think 40s old, but it wasn't it wasn't teenagers and it wasn't 20 somethings. It was it was 40 year olds for sure. And they were, you know, uh, when 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 it was time to go, everybody went, you know, got up and left. <laughs> so it was over and they were probably heading home for bed. 
Yeah, it was <laughs> it was definitely a very calm crowd, no doubt. But calm as in, you know, showing up and leaving, but they you know, it was it was very energetic throughout the show and yeah, man, I mean, I got to I got to thank you, man. That was uh that was quite the treat, no doubt. I mean, no, I I, it was fu- I very up. fulfilling. Yeah, I just showed up, you know, and I, I'm, I'm glad that we got a chance to PE together because that hadn't happened before. Yeah, if you guys don't get a chance, I mean, look up, go on Public Enemy's website. Their tour is is listed there, and you just have to see the show just for the message. I mean, the stuff that PE has, has been talking about since the beginning of their career still resonates today. Uh, uh hits home and needs to be heard listened and learned uh if not we're going to continue to 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 uh be the oppressed and to um you know continue down a road of this destructive uh path that 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 we see every day on social media television uh and depicted in film as well so i mean we have to be aware no matter what color uh, you are, and you have to keep fighting the the powers that be, um, and you know their, their message that, that they've had, and they've they've stuck to it over the years, over the decades, and uh, it just it you know there's entertainment value, but there's also lessons to be learned uh, within their music, and uh, you know it, it was it's just just great. I really had a good time. Um, but yeah, check. Go to Public Enemies website now. I know they they have uh, they're touring right now, which you're going to see them uh, in Jersey, right? I'm going to see um, Prophets of Rage in Jersey. Yeah, and that's that's something um, we talked about earlier. I'm really excited about uh, the potential of, of seeing uh, the supergroup. I know uh, some people shy away from that term, and sometimes that term is sort of overused. But I think you know the, some of the you know you have these some of my favorite groups of all time and they're all, and they're together i can't think of a better word than supergroup it's just it's uh and and to you know to your point about the message uh i feel like these guys got together because they felt like they had to they're like all right we we are not satisfied with with how things are and we're going to use our voices and our music in, in order to put out a message that um that we that we agree on and and you know just you know we we hear the song fight the power i mean it's almost a shame that public enemies music has been around so long and yet it's it's still necessary and still relevant the message um from the 1980s is still needed uh i'm glad it's there but it's you know you it's the fact that it's still so important because some things haven't changed enough glad it's there and I, I hope Prophets of Rage uh, has an impact as well. Well I've joking, jokingly said to friends and family about the current political state you know no matter who gets elected in this upcoming presidential race the one thing we're probably a couple things we're probably going to get are some you know some some good art and some uh, some great music out of it uh, you know and it's going to be the expense of the you know the poor and the middle class, but uh, no matter who's elected, uh, but I mean that's just it. People need to wake up. You can't be on cruise control forever. You know what I mean? Right. One uh, thing that Chuck said that I I think is uh, you know he's always got these sort of um, 
these witticisms that he puts out there, and I know this isn't his own, but the idea of you know stay woke, you know, make sure that you're aware, make sure that you pay attention, and um, he did make mention of the fact that the, the Democratic National Convention was in Philadelphia this year, and, and that largely a lot of uh, a lot of issues that face uh, African Americans and people that live in the city were, uh, were were not addressed and that's how he I think he started Don't Believe the Hype uh, was it that song that he started with that? I think so yeah. uh, so you know I'm glad that he's this. He's a spokesperson he, I, I, I tend to be on his side on a lot of the things that he has to say and um, I agree that the music that comes out of necessity is is a uh, sometimes the most powerful yeah we need we need that we need the the public enemy we need chuck d more than ever but we also need ourselves you know what i mean we need to uh like you just said we we, we need to stay woke and be aware of what's going on and that's that that's the message and that was the message of this um this, this concert uh, unity and being aware I mean that's that was my takeaway from it, um, you know, one of them anyway, and that's important when you can go to a show like that and uh, and come away with something. I mean, it, it's fine to go to a show sometimes, and we've all been there where you get get drunk and you know you you have a great time, but I mean to to, to actually have something with with substance like that, it, there's I, I don't think there's anything more rewarding, and it makes the trip worth it oh yeah i mean i and I, that's why i'm looking forward to prophets of rage is it's an outlet it's a it, it gives voice to concerns um it uh it brings people together that are that are worried and have and have concerns that they're not sure what to do about and i'm not saying that going to a concert solves everything but i think it galvanizes groups of people in a way that um that can be proactive uh, and maybe it gives you ideas uh, and also lets you know that you're not by yourself in thinking that things are broken and things don't and people aren't rep- necessarily representing you uh, and it's important to, to know that there's other people that, that feel the way you feel yeah so in closing you know it's um, just get out you know if you're listening to this no matter what age group you're in what you're doing uh, uh, don't let, or should I say, don't let what you're doing dictate, uh, you know, what you're passionate about. Um, take a chance. Get out the house. Do something that, uh, that breaks uh, uh, the everyday norm or the pattern that you feel like you, you may or may not be stuck in. And uh, you may find some reward there. I know I did tonight. So thank you, Grandmaster Cats, for another, uh, another trip down uh, down memory lane and also uh, into the uh, you know in, in, here in the future and into the uh, or here in the present and into the future should I say it's been a long night people give me a break uh, did you have anything you want to say in closing no I mean just uh, that uh, find what makes you happy and and, uh, and don't don't shy away from from uh, from having experiences that that are impactful uh, i it's so easy to to just kind of 
do what's expected of you every day, but every once in a while, like, try something different or, you no, know, find something that genuinely makes you happy. And whether it's music or art or, or being in the woods, whatever it is, um, try to find those, those moments because that's what this is. It's why we make these trips. I mean, it's late and it's, uh, it was, un- it was hot. There's lots of reasons not to go, but and man, I'm glad we did. I'm, and we had a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's like you said earlier when we were coming up, the, uh, the pain that we went through, the struggle we went through to see a tribe called quest yes. at their, um, anniversary party, uh, in New York, you know, that was, that was a pain in the ass, but but it was a great night. I mean, we got to see their last uh, public uh, performance together. They they were all there. We saw Fife. We saw Ali Shaheed Muhammad. We saw Q-Tip. Jarobi was there. And, um, yeah, it was Busta Rhymes, Rhymes uh, uh, Sadat X. They were all out on the corner when we came out of that club. And, um, and we had a long drive back. And, and in fact, that night... I remember driving back and, and wondering if it was a good idea when the sun came up on the way home. I thought, oh man, I think we've pushed the envelope a little too far. And yeah, we were tired, and I was tired for a couple days after that. But, um, you know, with Fife passing away uh, in March, um, it's just, it was meant to be. You know, it was, it was meant to be that we were there and we saw them and we spent time in their space, yeah. It was worth it. So that's, you know, that's the takeaway. And uh, don't let those moments pass you by. So, yeah, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll check back in with you and, and let you know what the uh, what's going on with the next show. I know Katz has a couple things coming up, and, and we'll keep you posted. Yeah, so that's the, that's the interview, the road trip that Grandmaster Katz and I shared. Uh, our latest adventure on the road to see Public Enemy and company, and it was off the hook. And again, my apologies for the audio. Uh, next time I will just bring the mics with me. A lot of times I don't feel like lugging all that stuff around, but for the quality of production, it's worth it. And uh, we did pick up a, a lot of uh, background noise. So again, I apologize for that, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, so thanks for tuning in for this episode, and uh, I'll be back soon. Domino, motherfucker. The American Riddle Podcast. Malcolm Riddle. I know you know him. I'm that guy that says Domino, motherfucker. Riddle.